Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Arsenal Beat, the only Arsenal podcast which brings together the journalists and reporters who cover the club on a regular basis. Joining me, Mark Van Bryans from PA Media on the Beat today, are Nick Callow from Haters Teamwork and former England international cricketer turned journalist, Monty Panasar. So Nick, since your last fully-fledged appearance on the podcast, we've heard you reminiscing about the FA Cup final in 2005. And Arsenal have been knocked out of this year's FA Cup. Uh, Monty, last time you were on, your prediction that Mikel Arteta could be sacked if Arsenal lost to West Brom led to something of an upsurge in results. But given the recent run of form, he may need something similar to spur him on. So I just wondered if you'd got any any words of encouragement at the moment. Yeah, well, um, I think uh, last time I came on the show, we were worried that he'll get sacked. And luckily, he beat, you know, they beat Chelsea 3-1. And we thought that's the, that's the new Arsenal that we're seeing. And then he had seven seven games, you know, run without without a loss. Uh, who would have thought that Wolves would have been taking six points from Arsenal at the start of the season? And you know, Aston Villa. I, yeah, and Aston Villa, who've like won first time since thirty seven years. Wolves, I think, has been over forty years. I think the, the the crowd not not playing against the big teams and when there's no crowds, the underdog teams they're just much more relaxed and they just feel much more confident. I think it's helping them more than, let's say, the bigger teams like Arsenal. I mean, I was just th- I was thinking about this earlier. You know, Arsenal play next up is Leeds at home. And you know, that could be quite another quite sticky game. And the nature of fans these days, it's quite likely that they'll be turning on players like Pepe if he's playing off. William, imagine if William starts warming up. They, they, these guys, well, William in particular, has never played in front of a, an Arsenal crowd, apart from when he's been playing for Chelsea. I think they might turn on some of these players, so they might not necessarily get the encouragement they need. I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting debate. But also the other, other issue is like you look at Sir, Sir, Sir Sutherland, they, they, they are, you know, some of the fans are, are actually suffering from just the social contact. The only social contact is probably at the stadiums. And, uh, you know, they've got like hashtag it's OK to talk kind of thing. So um, I, I think, yeah, that, that sort of, you know, interaction with the fans and, 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 and you know, being there in the stadium um, is definitely something that I think I think the bigger teams are missing missing that big time. Well, Monty, you've you've been enjoying the cricket this past week. We, me and Nick have both said we enjoyed your writing for the SBN and your appearances on Channel Four. But I'm sure the Arsenal defeat Aston Villa was something none of us enjoyed. Um, so we're not going to go into great detail about the result itself. But what we wanted to know was 23 games into the season, 11th in the Premier League. Are Arsenal above or below where they should be, given the squad and those teams around them in the division? We ran a poll on Twitter and of over 500 respondents, 77% said Arsenal were underachieving. But I wanted to single out a reply from at Gunner Royalty, who came at it from a slightly different angle. And they wrote, it's a rebuild on and off the field. We would expect higher league positions, but I understand Rome wasn't built in a day. Inconsistent results, but I believe the ship is pointing in the right direction. I think patience is needed regardless of league position. Now, you guys, I suppose the basic question here is just how good are Arsenal? And and at the moment, is too much being expected of them, Monty? Uh, Well, I I think they've been inconsistent, um, you know, and, uh, you know, throughout the the season, really. They've got a bit of a sort of stubborn defence unit. You know, they failed to sort of move the ball with urgency and accuracy, which... Um, that's been that I think that outline throughout the whole whole season uh, until they had that nice little seven you know run of game which was really good and then 
again, against Aston Villa, you know, far too many red cards. You know, um, this is not like the Arsenal that we see just throughout the season. Um, and 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 look, I I think it's also to do with fixture congestion. I think they're tired. You know, there's been there's been a few injuries, but so so the other teams. You know, they're going through the same kind of you know um, scenario with with, with with the scheduling. And if they want to reach from you know last last season, how well they've done. You know, last season. Uh, to get to let's say even 56 or 60 points that's like you know another 15 games to go gosh they need to win at least half of them games minimum have to be there they have to win half of them and probably draw a couple like that's that's going to be such a such a like difficult task because they've got such a, a heavy schedule coming at the moment they've probably got the toughest run the next you know the next seven games that they've got probably you know um, will realize the fate for Mikel Arteta as well yeah Nick I think Monty makes a good point there doesn't he in terms of this, if they're going to match recent seasons, this run's going to have to be very impressive. But given what you've seen so far, I know you've done most of the home games. Is this team capable of putting that kind of run together, do you think? Uh, they've, they've, in a way, you'd say they've got the players to, but I, I would not predict they will. I mean, you were looking back to answer your question. The aim for this season has to be to improve on last season. Arteta only had, what, half a season to get things going did amazingly well to win the FA Cup. And it wasn't just winning the Cup against Hull, Wigan. or something. No, It was against Chelsea and Manchester City. You know, two amazing matches at, at Wembley when they played well. They had that good end to the season, beating Liverpool in the league, although a bit fortuitously. And there was a wave of optimism coming to the new season. And I seem to remember Arteta saying that his aim was to improve on last season. Well, that means finishing higher than eighth. And we know that in the background, he's got people at the club saying, get us back into the Champions League top four. That's what we brought you in for. Whatever you talk about this project we've got and the long-term vision for success. <laughs> so what they're 11th at the moment. So that's below where, not only where they should be, but below where they should be expected to be. I mean, there are some weaknesses in that squad and in that team without a doubt, but you're losing at home and away to Aston Villa, which hasn't happened. You know, these results are going back to the 70s. They're not like, the 70s when Arsenal were doing the double in the early 70s or reaching five successive cup finals, whatever, three successive cup finals at the end of the 70s. This was like the mid-70s when there was hardly anyone going to the games and the team was really, really poor and the lowest sort of ebb that the club's been at, this sort of living memory. So um, there's still time. There's still time for them to pick up and finish eighth or higher. You'd think really they should have been targeting a top six finish, really. I mean, Arsenal, you know, Maybe, maybe, maybe this is where Arsenal are. You know, Arteta's explained away some of these defeats. You know, when people say, "How can you lose to Burnley? How can you lose, lose to Aston Villa?" He says, "Well, this is what we, this is our level at the moment, mate." I'm sorry, you know, but, but be realistic. This is where Arsenal are at the moment, and it's difficult for fans to expect to accept, especially those who've grown up, say, in the in the Arsenal Wenger era, knowing pretty much unqualified success for the first half of it or so, and even in the latter half when he was getting derided for this that, and the other he was still bringing in trophies on a regular basis you know those FA Cups you know meant that seasons finished on a crescendo on a, on a high point as as Monty quite rightly said you know the next sort of six seven matches are going to be key for Mikel Arteta and it'd be great to have the fans back in to sort of gauge exactly how they were feeling because it's easy to be misled I think by what people say on social media it's easier it's easy just to type Arteta out rather than it is to go there and sort of say it to his face or shout it at his face I think that the um, the board and the club are largely behind him, and I think the fans are too because they can see some elements of improvement. But at the moment, but he really needs to pick up on the results. 
Is that answer the question or am I going off on a tangent there? Definitely doesn't mm. tease this one off quite nicely. Um, Monty mentioned there that the next few games, and there are some big ones in there. I know they play Man City and they've got Leicester in the league, haven't they? But Benfica is also in amongst them. We'll skirt over all this, where are they going to be played and everything. But I think we can we can end this section quite nicely here with just, if I could just get one word answers from you both. Given the league position, given what is expected of Arsenal, should Mikel Arteta now be prioritising winning the Europa League over where he finishes in the Premier League? Um, prioritising it. I don't know if he'd have much option because I just can't see them winning it. So, I mean, he's going to have to sort of prioritise the Premier League really if he wants to get back into Europe because it'd be very hard. I mean, by the way, I think this Europa League thing is nonsense. We should address it. To play against Benfica, a Portuguese team in Germany and Italy and when we're not supposed to be travelling, I think that, you know, it just pays total disrespect to what we're going through this pandemic. Just scrap the tournament for me. There's obviously too much money invested in it with TV European TV rights, but uh, I think it's a nonsense what's going on in the Europa League. That's, a, that's the best one-word answer I've ever heard. Uh, Monty, <laughs> Monty, would you say, if you were Mikel Arteta now, would you be looking at winning the Europa League to get back into Europe, or, or can they still do it through the league? Well, I think, you know, if we look at their run, they've got Leeds, they've got Man City, Leicester City, Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool... You know, this is, uh, I think the next month or the next few weeks is going to be like uh, the toughest for Mikel Arteta. That could, that could, I think, decide the fate for Mikel Arteta. And, uh, I, I, you know, I don't like seeing managers get sacked. You know, I wasn't happy with Frank Lampard being sacked. I thought, you know, Arsenal gave the loyalty that they did to Mikel. And look, you know, he's, he's, he got his chance. Um, but, you know, you just, you, you like to see people kind of like, you know, stay in their jobs and prove us wrong, you know, as fans. Um, by turning things around. So I really hope that Mikel Arteta has a great run in the next few weeks. And uh, we can sort of maybe, I would say, from being in the league, I agree. I agree with Nick. We need to, we need to be higher up, there, higher up in the league to, to be back in Europe and not rely on Europe. Now, our first Arsenal beat special back in December looked at William Saliba's situation at Arsenal and correctly predicted a low move back to France in January. Quickly skating over a video which appeared on social media on Tuesday, Saliba has been earning plenty of plaudits for his performances at Nice, but he's also been speaking out about how he felt he wasn't given a fair crack of the whip under Arteta. During the aforementioned special, we got the lowdown on Saliba's early career from Jeremy Doctor of France Football, and we caught up with Jeremy again to hear just how Saliba is getting on at the moment. He played all seven games, I think it was, uh, since he joined Nice uh, and had some really solid performances uh, to the extent that he was named Nice's play of the month in uh, January. Um, I mean, uh, unlike his team that's really like shaky and weak at the back, he's been really confident. uh, As we discussed uh, last time, you know, he likes to, um, you know, uh, carry the ball and try to find better pass angles and sort of, you know, um, break the press and find players in between the lines. Uh, but Nisa, a very young side, and they've had quite a few shocking moments uh, in terms of defending. Uh, but he, he's always been up to the challenge. And they actually switched to a back four since uh, Tadevo joined from, uh, from Barcelona on loan. And it's interesting because Tadevo is another young player who left France uh, quite young. Uh, well, he still is young, but for a big club and you know Barcelona, and it, he did really make it there. Uh, so a bit like uh, Saliba, it's a really interesting partnership because there's what, like 
31 of the most talented pair of centre-backs in uh, in Ligue 1 for sure. Um, and so, yeah, Saliba used to play in a sort of three-man defence and now they've shifted to a 4 Two, three, one, um, and he plays on the left side of the defense with Tadebo, uh, and I think he really uh, progressed. Uh, or the team really progressed in those last two games. It helped them a lot to switch formation. Uh, they won the last game three 0 against uh, Angers, uh, so hopefully he can build on that um, and continue his uh, impressive run of form. People are just really happy to see him back and uh, feeling like well. It's as if he'd never left and, uh, you know, he hasn't changed much. He's still that that young, talented guy uh, playing with confidence who reads the game really well. And I think, um, you know, uh, Dante, the, the Brazilian uh, sort of boss of the defence, club captain, injured himself really badly a few weeks ago. So Saliba um, arrived undoubtedly as their best defender. And I think that may have put a bit of pressure on him, but he really dealt with that well and he he is now the the boss in uh, in the defense i don't know if it's him or arsenal uh, that chose nice uh because nice was really struggling and they had a <clears throat> sorry a really young squad so um it was you know it might have been better in another team really uh solid at the back but then again nice is a good opportunity because he's basically now their best player so he can play with confidence and kind of bring a lot of leadership on on the pitch um i think no one is surprised that he's doing well because everybody knew what he was capable of and he's showing week in week out that he really is that uh, talented defender um but, but now yeah the, the question is um consequently uh why hasn't it worked at arsenal because given what he's doing in in liga and what he already did in with santichen uh now, why is it? Why what happened with Arsenal? I think a lot of people are now wondering, and I think he mentioned that quite a few times in interviews we, recently. I personally think it's maybe time to stop them now, um, and maybe just focus on his game and playing week in week out. I'm not sure how Arteta and Arsenal will react to all this, uh, even though you know there's no disrespect to the club or anyone there. But um, at first, I I thought it was like showing a lot of disappointment and uh, I think that that's understandable there was not no disrespect to the club as I said I think he was just sick of this whole situation and really just wanted to play find a new club and uh, you know leave all that behind him and I think that's what he, he mentioned uh, especially you know when he was introduced to the press uh, after the signing and then the first interview or two he did uh, and he said like he was surprised to uh, to just be with under 23s and that he only played a couple of friendlies and you know considering that he joined Arsenal for what 30 million euros which is quite a lot of money I was like uh, fair enough uh, I can understand that and the fact that he was not even included in the Europa League squad I don't know the last interviews are a bit weird to me I mean he I do understand the frustration and he explained that it was tough for him and of course it was tough but he explained you know that he hadn't played for months uh, Liga was interrupted due to Covid Arteta made up his mind last summer and immediately told him that he wasn't ready and he disagrees with that I mean he 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 that's how he sees it I mean he was and um I think he believes that Arteta was never going to change his opinion whatsoever and um I think he thought he could prove him wrong but wasn't given the minutes and uh you know when he says that he's leaving all that behind him I, I'm not sure it's the case to be honest I understand the frustration but I think now um it may be the time to just focus on the football because I'm not sure the 
it will have positive consequences in uh, among you know the Arsenal staff and uh, and the board. Uh, just picking up there in terms of interviews that William Sleeper has been giving since joining Nice, uh, he's spoken a, a number of times actually um, about Steve's lack of opportunity at Arsenal and his surprise at that. Uh, Monty, you're in a unique position in terms of our panelists in the sense you've actually given interviews to the media as opposed to having them uh, conducting them. Did you ever use the media activity as a way of getting across messages you wanted people to hear? Well, the, yeah, there were times where, you know, you would, if you were not happy about something, you know, you, you would actually say it that, you know, I, I really want to play, you know, I, I want to play at the, let's say, you know, like, like you know, William, uh, he, he, he probably wants to play at the bigger club at Arsenal, but, um, you know, he's been player of the month at Nice in January, he's playing, playing football, he's happy. And I think the most important thing is, is actually being on the field and playing uh, and, and, and being, you know, and just playing matches, you know, and, 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 and uh, I think ideally he would probably like to then sort of put that pressure on Mikel Arteta thinking, look, I'm doing well in the French league. When I get, when I come back from my loan, hopefully, you know, you'll give me a chance. And, and I think he's kind of indirectly kind of just giving, you know, just, you know, I know while, while you're focusing on Arsenal, I'm in the French League doing quite well. When I come back, I hopefully, you know, you'll give me a chance. And, and I, think, uh, it's, uh, it's a, I think it's a positive message because he's been, he, he could prove it. He's been, he's been doing well. So if, 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 if he's not doing well and then you kind of, you know, sort of say a few things about the manager, then I think that makes, puts you in a difficult position. So, you know, it kind of puts pressure on Mikel, really. He probably think, actually, maybe I should give him a chance instead of giving him only, what, two and a half games. You should give him, you know, uh, when he gets when he comes back from his loan. Hopefully, you know, you will have more confidence in him and think actually he's he's ready to play. As a former sportsman, a professional sportsman, no less compared to me and Nick, um, just is is there is there a line in thinking that this is the way he's going to have to do it because he can't do it in front of Arteta at training and things like that. He's almost been reduced to to going to the media to to get his message across. Yeah, that's that's one way of yeah doing it and, and and stringing up performances. You know, with any sportsman who says things like I remember, you know, when I wanted to get back in the England team, you know, I had to be the leading wicket taker as a spinner in the country and and taking over fifty plus wickets for Sussex, and it kind of got my name in the hat all the time. And the selectors couldn't ignore me; they'd always keep an eye on me. And that's the same thing here. You know, he he's got to keep performing well. You, you and and sometimes it is difficult. You may not be that first choice player, but. If you've got the opportunity, he's got the opportunity in the French League now with Nice. And if you can just keep performing and not sort of, um, you know, think that I've got player of the month now, I don't have to work as hard. It's keep putting that pressure on there, you know, you know, and and, and hopefully Mikel will just think, you know what, I, I need to play him. And, uh, and and that's the only way, that's the best way is, is to answer uh, your your critics on, on the pitch. Nick, it's a, it's a quite a fine line, I imagine, isn't it? Because... It could suggest, in one hand, you know, he's putting pressure on on Arteta, like one to suggest there. But if it keeps going and keeps giving these interviews, it almost suggests he thinks he isn't going to get back to Arsenal at any point, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you look at it two ways, as you say, Mark. Um, personally, I was quite pleased to see him making those comments because it shows that he sort of cares and that he's um, trying to keep in Arteta's, you know, uh, mind that I'm still, like Monty says, I'm, I'm still here. I'm quite a good player, maybe. If you'd give me a bit more of a chance, you might have realised that. And I can come back and I'll show it to you myself when I'm a bit older and a bit, bit of a better player. But as you say, there's only so many times you can say that without completely cutting off links and burning your bridges and so on. And we've seen with the way that Mikel has handled 
uh, Matteo Genduzzi and uh, more high profile Meza Ozil that he does sort of, when he makes a decision about someone, he's quite brutal and ruthless about how he handles them. And once you're out, you're, you're out. I think the whole Saliba thing is, um, if we've got time for me to just expand a little bit on it. Oh. Uh, I think the, the Saliba, you know, it's a, it's a bizarre situation anyway, because when he was not, you know, one of those players who's become sort of an iconic player without ever playing a single match for Arsenal. You look on social media, why isn't Saliba not playing? You know, he's brilliant, he's brilliant, he's better than Holding, he's better than Louise. Has anyone actually ever seen him play? I mean, not many people go to those Arsenal under 23 games or, or watch. I mean, he's a young guy. I would say he's probably not ready for regular Premier League football. I'd love to see him play. I'd love to see him given his chance, but I don't think he would have been a regular in the first team this year. Um, it would have been strange if he, if he would have been. Um, he wasn't signed by Mikel Arteta. It was Unai Emery signing. Big money signing for a young kid. You know, 27 million for 19, 18-year-old. Um, strange one, really. So you can see why Arteta might not fancy him as much as the manager who signed him. But Unai Emery's track record as a manager in terms of signing players was pretty atrocious, apart from Martinelli. Uh, I can't think of anyone else he signed that's turned out too well. I think that's the point as well, isn't it? You've got to look at... You can't really level at Mikel Arteta that he's he's not one for looking to the future. With you know, I know Saka came into the team under Emery, but he's now almost the first name on the team sheet. Smith Rose in the team, Martinelli plays when he, when he can. He's giving these kids a chance, so it's it's not like he decided just all on a whim that Saliba wasn't going to play. He's clearly seen something he either doesn't like or he thinks he needs to improve. So why do that in the Arsenal team when you can let him go somewhere and and learn on the job kind of thing? Yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's a really, really strange one. I hope he does come back and get another chance because although Arsenal have got this amazing defensive record at the moment, you still feel that there's a mistake in them and uh, they're not as solid as their record uh, implies that they should be. And that unbeaten run that Monty was referring to earlier, it's, it had a bit of a echoes of the Emery unbeaten run where they sort of went, it was about 20-odd games but never really played that well. At least Arteta said it himself. He said, look, we picked up results when we weren't playing that well. But um, we've played better and lost games. So they're so unpredictable, Arsenal at the moment. That's why they're a mid-table team. Time now for our predictor game, Beat the Beat. The Beat's great to win last time out, predicting a one-all draw at Aston Villa. Although special shout-out to Sam Dean, who correctly suggested a narrow defeat before being shot down by the rest of the panel. Every guest we had from the listeners predicted an Arsenal win. So that is one in the W column for the Beat. Now... Leeds won against Crystal Palace on Monday night, so we'll head to the Emirates Stadium on Sunday above Arsenal in the table. Tweet us your predictions for that game to at the Arsenal Beat using the hashtag BeatTheBeat. If your prediction is picked to go up against our panel and you win, you will go into the prize draw at the end of the season. So, can you beat the beat? Uh, so, guys, we've now got to agree on what we think the score will be against Leeds. Monty, you've crunched the numbers already. You know, Arsenal don't score many goals, but Leeds concede a lot of goals. So, it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it, on Sunday afternoon? Um, where, where do you see it going? Look, I, I, I expect um, Arsenal to win that game because Leeds, yeah, they're a great team. They're, they're I think, one point above, you know, Leeds, uh, above Arsenal in the table. Um um, look, I, I just think that, um, you know, with the, with the main main player, Phillips, you know, he's had an injury scare. He may not probably play. I don't think they'll risk him. You know, um, that's a big blow for Leeds United. 
And uh, Arsenal, you know, they, 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 they play, if they can play like they did against Chelsea, you know, this is just what I, if I was Mikel Arteta, I'd be saying, guys, right, no more training, sit down, let's watch the highlights package against Chelsea. Now, you guys tell me, what did we do well? I want everyone to say one thing at a time. Now, tell us, what, why did we do? Why did we perform like this? What was it? That, that, is, that is it. That's their perfect performance. And that's what I think Mikel Arteta should refer to every time when he's got the, you know, in the dressing room huddle or whatever, uh, in, the, in the dressing room. Yeah, and say, like, guys, this is, this, is, this is the perfect performance and we need to match this intensity. You know, they've got more players in the box. You know, before they were just passing it around and they're going back to the old habits, you know, got possession, but it's just, you know, tired, maybe tired or don't want to get injured, whatever. They had men in the box against Chelsea, you know, matching their defence, probably even more. And it was easy to get, you know, you know, score great goals. So I think that's what they need to do. Go back to that forefront, get men in the box, get, once the ball's out, they just do the hard yards, guys. Get men in the box, give yourself a couple of goals, hopefully we'll win the game. And then um, if, <laughs> if in six weeks' times or five weeks' times, Arsenal have the same run of just winning and not losing any matches, I think we, all of us will be very happy. I can agree. It's funny, really, you mentioned the Chelsea game so much there because before we before we joined each other here, I actually put that my prediction would be a 3-1 win for Arsenal. I've just got a feeling Leeds, I know Leeds like high-intensity game. I just think they might play a little bit into Arsenal's hands on, on the counter-attack. Nick, Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, well, it's, it's, a, it's a massive, massive game for Arsenal. You know, how, you know, how can they really be taken seriously when they're losing home and away to, to teams that are you know, not just smaller clubs, but teams they should be beating if they've got any aspirations to be a, a big club again, Arsenal. And you know, Leeds are an unpredictable, difficult team. And I just don't think maybe people a bit younger than me appreciate how big a rivalry there, was, there has been between Arsenal and Leeds over the years. I mean, they were, you know, after Tottenham, Leeds were a big, to beat, beat Leeds every season was quite an important one when I was growing up. Just I remember, you know, it was my granddad used to take me to, a, to football matches as a kid. And I remember coming out of an Arsenal-Leeds game when I was about four, five, six or something and holding my granddad's hand, walking up the Avenal Road outside the, the stadium. And suddenly there's this shouting, oh, wait, wait, behind him. And this, this bloke just bursts through us. He split up our hands and he's, he's running. And then these Arsenal fans are chasing after him going, stop him, stop him, he's Leeds, he's Leeds. <laughs> or get him, get him, he's Leeds. And uh, I, was, I was a bit shaken up. And I sort of looked up at my granddad and he goes, Nick, because that's, that's really terrible, that sort of thing. But, but, but he is Leeds. <laughs> you hate Tottenham because they're Tottenham. You hate Leeds and so on. So I just would hate for Arsenal to lose to Leeds again. And I think it would be a narrow 1-0 victory. Well, Mon Monty, you've got the deciding vote here. I've gone 3-1. Nick's gone 1-0. Do you have your own score or do you want middlers and we'll go for something else? I'm going for 2-1. Perfect. There you go. Leeds are going to win, aren't they? Just taking off both of our off-stump, if that's a cricket reference I can get in there, yeah. Um, well, we're, we're doing okay at the moment. We, we managed to get a result last time against the listeners. But yeah, so our, the Beats choice for this Sunday is Arsenal 2, Leeds United 1. That's all for another episode of the Arsenal Beat. My thanks to Nick and Monty for joining me today and to you, our listeners, for your continued support. I mentioned earlier our December special, The Saliba Situation, which is still available to stream, as is our January effort, The Ostracising of Meza Ozil. Our next special will be here at the end of February, as in Hale End FC, 
members of the Arsenal beat look at the academy products coming out of the club in recent years. Please join us and until then, stay safe. <laughs>